You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to The Big Reviewski with Chicago Town Pizza. My name's Owen, there's Ray, and we have got a jumbo, jam-packed and slightly juicy show for you today. So I'm excited, I'm intrigued. Roy, what about you? Yeah, like uh, just reading the the lineup of what we've got to talk about today, I was like, do do we have enough time? So even this bit, I'm like, we just let's just get through this. We've got we've got so much to do. It is packed full of jam. So much, so much jam. <laughs> so much jam in there. If you're a fan of jam, then you're in luck because we're giving away a 200 euro voucher that you can spend all of it on jam this week. All you have to do is head over to Joe.ie and enter the competition there, and you'll be in with a chance of winning. Or what I would advise is you could actually buy loads of Chicago Town pizza because it's actually those guys that are giving us the voucher to give away. So forget about the jam, actually. Wow. Now, some unkind people might say that this show is just disaster after disaster after disaster. Not me, though. Uh, but we have decided to mix things up a bit and we're focusing on disaster movie after disaster movie mm. after disaster movie. But Roy, why are we doing that? Well, it's because one of this week's big big screen releases is Moonfall, which is a disaster movie that you and I have been very excited about seeing since it was initially announced, gosh, like early last year. Um, We will get to that in a bit, but before then, we want to talk about disaster movie after disaster movie, but not just the regular ones, not just 2012 or Independence Day are the ones that we talk about a lot. We want to give some love and we want to shine a spotlight on five hidden gem disaster movies that might have passed you by in the cinema. Number one. Yeah, so our first pick for this week is San Andreas, released back in 2015. It is big, it is dumb, and it is a whole lot of fun. The Rock plays a helicopter rescue pilot who's having just the worst day of his life. On one hand, he's going through the worst series of natural disasters America has ever seen. And as well as that, he's also going through a messy divorce. The man just can't catch a break. Um, if you're looking for a distraction from the actual disaster of real life, uh, then you could do a lot worse than San Andreas. And brilliantly, The Rock gets to deliver his version of the line that every disaster movie should have. Take it away, Rock. Oh my God. People need to know that the shaking is not over. We'll get hit again. And it's going to be a bigger monster. My first pick for a hidden gem disaster movie is Ad Astra, which stars Brad Pitt as a kind of space technician who is sent out to the furthest reaches of our galaxy to find his missing father who might be at the centre of a cataclysmic event that is causing untold damage back on Earth. I could get further into the details, but I think uh, the one big takeaway I want to leave you with is it has violent space monkeys. And if that doesn't sell you, then I don't know what will. It's crazy out there. There's fires everywhere and plane crashes. They're calling it the surge. Major, we have some highly classified information. What can you tell us about the Lima project? 
Its objective was to search for advanced extraterrestrial life. Every disaster movie needs to have violent space monkeys. Are there any other kind of... Oh, I feel bad for all the other space monkeys who went up the space and were actually just really sound. So, sorry about that, sound space monkeys. Number three! Our third pick is 10 Cloverfield Lane. And this is a slight twist on the disaster movie because instead of focusing on the disaster outside, everything is focused on a claustrophobic and creepy bunker. Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays a character who's rescued, inverted commas, by John Goodman's character. There's no way he can be a bad guy because his name is literally Goodman, and that's all normal and fine. So he kind of feeds you these stories that it might be the Russians, it might be Martians, who for a long time you're never really sure what's going on. But uh, as I said, if you're looking for a psychological version uh, of uh, a disaster movie with hints of like thriller movie in there, then 10 Cloverfield Lane is the movie for you. No! No! No, no! No! Don't open that door! They're going to get all of you! Something's coming. Number four. Our next one is a movie that I think I might be the only champion of. Everyone else seems to have just kind of eh, shrugged about it, but I absolutely really, really suggest checking out Underwater. It has just been added to Disney Plus this week. It's Kirsten Stewart as kind of a deep sea oil mechanic drill person. I don't know what anyone's job style there. But she's down there and they drill too much oil and it's bad and something happens and a chaos and they have to get out of there and it's a bad time for everyone. It is basically alien at the bottom of the ocean but with a world ending event kind of happening around them. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic and it's definitely worth checking out. On a scale from one to 10, how bad's my rig? A 10. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! Number five! Our final pick is Sunshine, and in the 15 years since I first saw that in the cinema, yes, I am <clears throat> incredibly old. Mm. Um, there are images from that movie which are seared into my brain. Danny Boyle has created a deep space set disaster movie where back on Earth, the sun is dying, so Earth is freezing over and a team of scientists are sent to reignite uh, the sun in order to save humanity. But maybe the real threat to humanity was other humans oh. all along. It's got an incredibly ugly cast, including Chris Evans, Michelle Yeoh, and Ireland's own Killian Murphy. But please do check out Sunshine. Um, it will stay with you for a long, long time. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. 16 months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission, reignite the sun before it's too late. And now it's time for our big screen releases this week. And up first, it's the inspiration for our hidden gem disaster movies. It is Moonfall. And Roy, 
ever since you did it, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. You were singing Moonfall to the goddamn tune of Adele's Skyfall. And yeah. that's that's all. Do you, do you want to take it away? Are you going to give that a rendition? To Absolutely me? not, no, because we'll somehow still get uh, stricken with or a copyright infringement or something. Just Adele would be like, get that down. And we just, we can't afford to be in Adele's pockets. Uh, just no one can. So yeah, uh, Roland Emmerich's, Latest end of the world disaster movie. He is the guy behind Independence Day, Godzilla, Independence Day, Resurgence, 2012, The Day After Tomorrow. He loves blowing up the world and he loves doing it with um, attractive, eclectic cast members. So the front and center of this is Patrick Wilson, Halle Berry and John Bradley. Uh, and they discover that the titular moon is titular falling onto Earth. Uh, and what you're going to do? You're going to you're going to go up and you're going to find out to see why it's falling and if, if you can stop it from falling. And when they get up there, they make some startling discoveries that the moon is not what we thought it was, and it's not as lifeless as we assumed for all these years. Um, I right movies like this <laughs> where it's just there is you can almost manifest an off switch on the side of your head, and you're just like no. And you could just watch it and stuff explodes and attractive people look at each other and you eat popcorn and then two hours go by and you don't remember any of it. But it doesn't matter because you had a great time in the big loud cinema and that's that's what this is all about. The movie's called Moonfall, so I don't know what you're expecting. I've made a shocking discovery. I needed to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. Our second film, uh, which has been released in the big screen this week, it's also, it's, it's that kind of thing, you're just going to sit back, relax, and, uh, and enjoy, just let it wash over you. It is jackass forever. It's been, listen, we know we live in a strange time anyway, but you definitely know you live in a strange time whenever people are starting to get strangely emotional mm. for uh, a show like Jackass, which first aired on MTV over 20 years ago. It's actually been over 10 years since we had Jackass 3D, the previous film. There's obviously been spin-offs and different things like that, but Johnny Knoxville and his, uh, his crew of just crazy pals are back again and people are going to flock to this. Um, yes, in the cinema, and then also when it inevitably uh, gets a home release as well. But uh, I know we were discussing some of our favorite stunts previously, and the trailer for this, as stupid, as stupid as this show is, uh, made me laugh a lot. And even Johnny Knoxville, not that gray hair is a sign of people getting older, even though it is, but not everybody who's old has gray hair, all that. But it's Johnny Knoxville just looking older now with his big mop of gray hair. He's not quite up as far as his bad grandpa where he doesn't need his prosthetics yet but um oh no i i can't wait to to sit down and watch this with my very 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 young kids as well and just start them on the right path in life but mm. rory we also excitedly uh you you managed to catch up with uh some of the stars of jagaz as well yeah so if you go to the joe.ie youtube channel right now you can check out my chat with johnny knoxville and chris pontius aka party boy uh, or you can wait till the end of this episode and uh, you'll hear slash see a particular part of that interview that I'm not going to spoil right now. But they, it's funny, yeah, like they're both late 40s, early 50s, I think. And uh, aside from um, Johnny Knoxville now just kind of looking a bit more like Ted Danson than I was expecting, uh, it does seem like they haven't 
learned a thing and I fully support that. The world waited for what felt like forever. Then, we waited longer. But this February, we promise. This is gonna be the gnarliest shit ever. The wait is over. Rory Cashin, would it surprise you to learn that I, Owen Doherty, have never seen the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre film? No, no, uh, and I know why. I know, I know exactly why. Why? Please tell me. Please shed some light on this because uh, situation. You tr truly, fundamentally, from your the pit of your soul, uh, hate Texas. <gasps> no, you can't say that. You can't. You can't. You can't joke about. Geographyism in, the, in that kind of way. I, I love Texas. I've never mm -hmm. been to Texas. I'm sure it's a wonderful place, apart from all the chainsaw massacres that do take place there. This is the 2022 Netflix version, uh, like addition into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Um, I think it's like film number eight or number nine uh, coming to Netflix very soon. But this version follows uh, a busload of kids who rock up in a small, sleepy, secluded Texas town only to discover that they have disturbed the peace of one leather-faced, chainsaw-wielding, absolutely bonkers murderer. Um, the trailer, to be fair to you know, there's gore in places, there's some funny moments as well. Um, in fact, there's one excellent part where, you know, transporting Leatherface into 2022 is a good shot, just to see how he deals with uh, the world around him. He's about to attack a group of kids and they all take out their phone and go to record them, they're like, you're going to get cancelled if you try anything, and then obviously he just kills them all. So I did enjoy that. Try anything and you're cancelled, bro. Oh, fuck. But, um, Roy, would you be a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, as well as the state of Texas, obviously, as well? Well, I, I actually have been to Texas, and I think it's it's uh, it's great, and I think it's it's odd that you're so, you're so aggressively dislike dislike the state and I, I don't know why that is um yeah like the original is a classic one of the best horror movies of all time the sequels and the reboots and the remakes in general have been terrible some of them have been so bad they're good there is one with uh dennis hopper that is kind of crazy and there's another one with um matthew mcconaughey and Rene zellweger and mcconaughey is just like He's gone full Nicolas Cage. He's off the reservation, and he he's having a great time. This one, I don't know. Like problem number one is they shot it in Bulgaria, so I know fundamentally you might think, well, you know, budgets and stuff. But you're like, this if you're making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just make it in Texas. Um, and we noticed some Irish cast in there, like Mo Dunford's in there, um, <clears throat> but it has had a bit of a troubled production because it was originally due to be directed by uh, two Irish brothers who uh, in 2019, I think, had a very good Irish film called The Dig. Uh, and we were all very excited to see what they are going to do next and they announced it was going to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we were like, yeah, bring it. Um, and they left the project due to creative differences. Now you can go over to the IMDb page and they've got some 
either facts or trivia or whatever you want to call it. Like anyone could have, I guess, added this themselves, but it does seem like they had an idea of what they wanted to make. The producers had a different idea and we're going to get to producer's version when it lands on Netflix on the 18th of February. So uh, I do enjoy, enjoy that release date because it's it's like if you're single uh, hate and you hate everyone, then uh, you've got something to enjoy on Valentine's week. So I, I appreciate that aspect for sure. Something to look forward to. And yeah, maybe it was the fact that the producers wanted to rename it to the Bulgaria Chainsaw Massacre mm. after setting it. Just it didn't have quite the same ring to it. Here is a sneak peek at Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. So Harlow is a ghost town. We have a vision for this place. All it needs is young blood. I don't want to live here. This is a chance for people to start fresh somewhere. Somewhere safe. We did promise you a jam-packed show. We did promise you some juicy bits as well. And for our releases on the small screen this week, we're kicking things off with the very hyped new TV show, Pam and Tommy. Rory, what do you get? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to catch this entire season before it arrives on Disney Plus this week. Uh, the first three episodes, I think, land this week, and then the rest will be uh, tapered out each week after that. Um, Lily James and Sebastian Stan as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. You might initially think, eh, is that a, they're casting? They don't look too much. And then it's shocking the transformations they both have for this. And they're both fantastic in it. Uh, and it centers around the, the sex tape that was stolen from their home by a handyman who's played by Seth Rogen in this who passes along to a kind of porn barren friend of his who's played by Nick Offerman and it seminates across uh, America from there. Uh, it's from the director of I, Tonya and Lars and the Real Girl, so <clears throat> has some proper directing and producing and writing chops behind it. But uh, on top of being very funny and very well acted and also kind of tragic at the same time, it is, uh, it's very insightful and topical in the whole uh, gender dynamics of situations like this, like in the way that men are like, yeah, you did it. You're, you're such a hero and a legend and high fives all around. And then the women are just kind of looked down upon for having any kind of sexuality in, in, the, in, the, in the world of media. So that's still very much, I think, present today. And I think there will be an awful lot of think pieces of, well, we haven't actually come that far from when this happens to how the world views female celebrities today. Will you please state your name for the record? Please welcome Pamela Anderson. Did you know anything at all about Mr. Lee before you met him? I knew he was the drummer for Motley Crue. Did you find him attractive? I like to smile. I still do. I did have one question about it, Roy, though. Is it true that Sebastian Stan's character, Tommy, mm. uh, speaks to his penis or has a conversation with his penis in the show? Yeah, there is a uh, a talking penis in the second episode, I think, uh, and it is voiced by uh, Jason Manzukis, who is, you know, is. <sighs> I'd love to be <laughs> one in the casting room. We're like, who are we getting to voice Tommy Lee's infamous dong, and two in in the in the uh, agent's office when he's on the phone to Jason Manzoukas, he's like, 
I've got a gig for you, but it's as a penis, and they think you're perfect and the only one they, they could possibly imagine as the voice of Tommy Lee's penis. Like, is that a compliment? I guess, like, he did it. But, sorry, yeah, uh, long answer short, it, it, there is a talking penis in the show. <laughs> it's the role Jason Manzoukas was born to play. He can retire uh, after this one. Mm. Uh, our next show coming to the small screen arrives on Netflix this week, and I'm incredibly intrigued about this one. It's called Murderville. Now, it's based on a BBC Three series from a couple of years back called Murders and Successful, which, I'll be honest, completely passed me by at the time, but I love the idea of the of the show itself. So this American version of it stars Will Arnett as an eccentric detective, homicide detective, who's on a series of murder mysteries. But in each murder mystery, he is joined by a celebrity guest who has to improvise their way through uh, the case, basically, to try and solve the case. So it's this weird mixture of stuff, and it kind of sounds like, oh, my God, this is just some, like, indulgent... Hollywood series that famous people have put together but again the trailer is incredibly funny and you know with somebody like Will Arnett at the heart of it um, that he's just going to uh, deliver all of the time anyway but as I said it's coming to Netflix uh, this week and Roy like I know we were talking about the trailer anyway and a special guest he's got Conan O'Brien in there you've got Annie Murphy who most people will know from Schitt's Creek uh, as well Ken Young is in there Sharon Stone so and it's lots of them breaking character, but I, I know I'm excited about this one. What about you? Yeah, like uh, the comedy murder mystery is really having a, a minute right now because we've had, like Knives Out, I think, maybe kicked it off a little while ago, but we've had The Flight Attendant only murders the after party just last week. Uh, so it's, oh, the other one, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Like, it seems to be a thing at the minute, and I'm, fully on board because each of those have been very very good so hopes are high and Sharon Stone Sharon Stone's in this like we don't see enough of Sharon Stone anymore uh, and uh, any like fully on board what do we got here stab wounds in our upper back tough time imagining with just the outline can get in the position and slowly be dying too uh. you gotta keep track of the evidence you have a notepad yeah. Terry Seattle. Every day means a new murder case and a new celebrity partner. Our next release is a brand new documentary, The Tinder Swindler. Now, she's an amazing actress, of course, won the Oscar for Michael Clayton back in the day. And she's also been in we Need to Talk About Kevin and Snowpiercer as well. And she joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the ancient one. But why is this documentary focusing on her, Rory? Let's start over, shall we? Yes. Um, the Tinder Swindler mm -hmm. is a documentary, for sure, uh, about a swindler who meets women on Tinder. Not to be confused with the Tilda Swinton, which I think is where... No? Okay. Um, it comes from the guy who made The Imposter, who, uh, well, that was just one of the best... Yes, it's a documentary, but it might as well be a psychological thriller movies of like the last 10 or 20 years. And this is very much along those lines as well. It feels like David Fincher maybe gave it a, a quick once over. was like, why don't you do And it has some of that slick uh, psychological thriller vibes to it as well. Um, I don't want to give too much away because I went in, aside from the title, 
the obviously confusing title. Um, I didn't know too much about it. Uh, and as it was going along, I was like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. For two reasons. One is the story itself is just, it's really, really great. And the second one is instead of doing what Netflix normally does, which is give us like four, six, eight episodes, each of them an hour long, this is one movie that's not even two hours long. So it succinctly tells a very interesting story. Uh, and that's something I fully support Netflix doing more of. You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. I only miss you when it rains. When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond. He was smart and funny and very impulsive. I shared my whole heart with him. And then he asked me if I wanted to travel with him on a private jet. I was like, shit. Our next release is going to be massively welcomed by Lee Child fans all over the world. Of course, Lee Child, responsible for the incredibly successful Jack Reacher books. This is a brand new eight part series coming to Amazon Prime Video this week, uh, specifically based on his very first book uh, about the character, Killing Floor. And yes, there have been a couple of Jack Reacher films directed by Christopher McQuarrie and of course starring Tom Cruise. And yes, everybody knows the argument at the time that you know, Tom Cruise is the wrong person to play it because he was the wrong height. He's two foot seven, and I think mm. Jack Reacher's meant to be about nine foot nineteen. Yep. Uh, plus, he had the wrong color hair as well. But in the actor Alan Hitchin, they have found their brand new Jack Reacher, and fans again absolutely loving the fact that he just even just physically resembles the character that they've been imagining from the Lee Child books all these years. Whether he's a great actor remains to be seen. He was in Smallville as Aquaman as well, but this is him coming out on his own. Um, but as I said, there's already a massive fan base there for this particular TV series. So uh, it's found a home now uh, with Christopher McQuarrie uh, actually producing. So there is a kind of a link to those movies, which weren't too bad um, from a few years back, but that is released on Prime Video this week. Jack Reacher, has deceased, retired army. Bronze star, silver star, and a purple heart. What in God's name is a guy like that doing in Margrave? What's a guy like that doing in jail? Zip ties? Cuffs didn't fit him. You guys recycle. And I just want to sneak one final one in. We have covered this to death on Joe.E because we are such big fans of the show, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The brand new season is released on Netflix this week. It's the most despicable group of horrific human beings doing the funniest things. Um, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. If you don't like it, I don't care for you. Uh, and if you do, go and watch all of the episodes because it's going to be amazing. And they come to Ireland. We're going to go on vacation. Ireland, baby! You're not as Irish as I am. I can be as Irish as you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this dude is like the Irish version of me. We're into like a lot of the same stuff. Ghouls and cheese and... Ghouls. <laughs> Once you've finished binging all of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you can pay attention to myself and Roy's pizza and a movie recommendations. This is our choices for movies that you can watch with your Chicago Town pizza this week. Now, since 2022 started, um, it's 3-0 to me in this feature. Not that anybody is religiously keeping track of the score, but just bear that in mind currently at the moment. And Roy... For last week's choice, you chose what you consider to be Liam Neeson's greatest film, The Grey, and I went for The Rock, possibly one of the greatest films of all time. Um, would you like to hear the result? No. 
No. Okay, I'm going to press on with the show and do the result anyway. Sorry about that. Can we please get our drum roll? Thank you very much. Amazing drummer. Um, okay, not so much a landslide this week, but a slightly sexy result because with 31% was the grey and with 69% nice, nice. was the rock. So 4-0, um, again, nobody's keeping track. We'll just see how things pan out mm. um, over the course of the rest of all time. But, you know, building up a healthy lead there anyway. But what have you chosen for this week's movie in Pizza and a Movie? Well, I already know it's going to be 5-0 and I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I'm picking this more because of the week and the year that's in it. Uh, so uh, it was released 25 years ago. Uh, it arrived on Netflix this week um, hasn't been kind of previously available on any streaming services and it was the first ever movie distributed by DreamWorks so it was kind of like a, a big deal at the time because DreamWorks was this kind of new up and coming out of nowhere production company uh, it's The Peacemaker with George Clooney and Nicole Kidman it's a 1997 action thriller it's, it's not like winning any awards it's probably not even like winning any positive reviews but i think it's such a solid little precursor to like the born identity movies where you can kind of see the dna of we're like oh well yeah. um now it was released the same year clooney did batman and robin so this is still the better <laughs> of his big screen releases that year um but yeah like i think it's a decent little action film so if you're just looking for a fun time that's less than two hours, just being added to Netflix, and we could celebrate DreamWorks kind of still being around. It wasn't an accident, sir. This was a terrorist act. I'm gonna need a military liaison with intel background and Russian contacts. And make sure he's willing to take orders from a woman. Lieutenant Colonel Tom DeVoe reporting as ordered, ma'am. I actually have a really soft spot for The Peacemaker because whenever that was released in cinemas, um, I remember going to see it with some of my best friends who we still go to the cinema um, together when we when we can. But uh, we were the only people in the entire cinema and we spent the majority of it, as you said, it's not a fantastic film. So maybe we kind of zoned in and out of it, but we spent our time just running around the actual empty cinema, like complete, um, oh, we were crazy, crazy back in those days. This was 25 years like, ago. So you were like in your 20s then. Yeah, pretty much. I had just turned 20. Cool. Just turned 20. Yeah. Wow. Oh, good times. My memory fails me now slightly, but mm. yeah, thanks for the reminder. Um, my choice for pizza in the movie, and I actually thought from the way you started that this is what you were going to go for. This is actually released 28 years ago uh, this week, and it's the only film you can pick, like whenever the, the start of February rolls around. It's about the world's greatest weather reporter of all time. I know Theresa Mannion is amazing, but of course... Uh, it's Phil Connors starring um, Bill Murray. Just incredible in Groundhog Day. Obviously, opposite Andy McDowell as well. Um, just a perfect mix of comedy and drama and slightly tragic in places as well. But ultimately, this is just uh, an acting masterclass from Bill Murray. And it features the greatest cake-eating scene of all time. Yeah. Groundhog Day gets better and better uh, each time you watch it. So, uh, yeah. 
Groundhog Day gets better and better uh, each time you watch it. So uh, yeah. Groundhog Day gets better and better uh, each time you watch it. So uh, you, you probably have seen it before, but if you haven't, please sit down. Uh, it's available on Now uh, and Sky, so uh, definitely worth watching. It's like, you know, the way watching like a Christmas film at Christmas time or The Passion of the Christ, that's whenever the Easter Bunny's delivering chocolate. All those kind of things just match up. So watch Groundhog Day this week. Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck. Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day again. So that's pretty much it for this week's show. Um, next week, Jammers again. We've got Uncharted is coming out. We also have Marry Me which uh, I know you're a big J-Lo fan, Rory, so yep. uh, that's something to look forward to. But who's going to be our big star bye-bye for today? It's going to be Johnny Knoxville and Chris Pontius chatting about Jackass Forever, uh, as we mentioned, in Irish cinemas this weekend. Uh, you can check out the full-length interview over on Joe's YouTube channel right now. Uh, but for right now, you can hear them talk about... Uh, the time they visited Ireland back in 2010 for the Irish premiere of Jackass 3D. Um, so this was 12 years ago when I had just turned four. And uh, I was lucky enough to be working in the cinema uh, that the premiere was on and then blagged a ticket to the after party. Uh, and it was a uh, eventful evening for everyone and anyone who, who went back to a, a nightclub that no longer exists in Ireland. Um, and I asked him, did they remember this particular after party? Uh, was there anything, any standout memories? And it turns out, yeah, there was actually quite a few. So here they are reminiscing about their trip to Ireland in 2010. Wait, is that the, that the night Bam and I got into a fight? Yeah, I think you guys did. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Bam, we were at dinner and Bam was loaded and he got mad over something and he started going after Spike about something. And so... I didn't like that. So we got into a fight and rolling around on the floor and Bam got very upset afterwards and uh, wrote all over my door. <laughs> yeah, I saw he, he, he wrote all over my hotel door and misspelled about half the things, all, half the insults he wrote. I saw a picture of a really like badly misspelled like insult note. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> we love Ireland. We always have a ball in Ireland. I always feel lucky to be there. Uh, I love the people. I love the country. So uh, I think Preston ended up with someone else's poop on him. <laughs> I don't know how. That's Ireland for you. <laughs> You're listening to the Big Review Ski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Groundhog Day gets better and better uh, each time you watch it. So. Uh...